0: Welcome to Lavender U, a community for LGBTQ plus women and femmes, where we talk about all things queer media and representation. I'm Jamie Margolin, and today on the pod, we have Sam Brinton, who is the vice president of advocacy at the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is one of my absolute favorite organizations because they focus on mental health for LGBTQ plus youth. And they do so much in the world of media, working with amazing queer celebrities to promote acceptance and progress for the community. And they're also out there in the political sphere fighting for equality and making sure that laws change to protect LGBTQ people. So Sam, welcome to the pod. Oh, thanks so
1: much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: Oh, Thank you. Um, Tell me a little bit more about you, who you are, what you do, and how you got to hold this position in such a major LGBT organization.
1: Sure thing. So I start, I say it all started um, uh, with my nerdy nature. I am a nuclear physicist. I went to MIT, studied nuclear engineering um, and technology policy where uh, I learned how to disarm nuclear bombs and manage nuclear waste. And then I decided to go into the much more complicated field of LGBT politics. So I am uh, a gender fluid individual um, and uh, openly use they and them as my pronouns. I am uh, openly bisexual, married um, uh, an amazing man um, just a few years ago where we have a beautiful little uh, dog who is hopefully not going to bother me in this podcast, one can hope.
0: It's okay. We welcome, we welcome uh, disturbances from pets. I, I
1: it's okay. think that's the best way to do it. It's a, a queer this-
0: podcast. Everyone's like, sorry, my four cats
1: walked in. Apologies. You know. Perfection. Um, so yeah, I'm a nuclear nerd who now works in LGBT politics. I'm a survivor of the dangerous and discredited practice of conversion therapy. Um, and my campaign working to end conversion therapy is what brought attention um, of the Trevor Project to me, and I got to join to kind of amplify the work that I was doing as an activist and turn it into a career of changing the world and saving young LGBTQ lives.
0: That's amazing. That's That's so important, and that's what it is, saving lives. These aren't just like oh, practices like conversion therapy when we talk, and we'll get more into what it is and also a little bit more about the Trevor Project and the work you do, but conversion therapy increases rates of of suicide in LGBTQ youth. So we have people not just being hurt, but dying because of homophobia and homophobic practices. Um, So what is your story in surviving conversion therapy if you want to get into that a little bit with us of just what is conversion therapy for those who don't know and how are you able to turn that negative experience into to advocacy to end it
1: sure um, so I like to be clear that it's um, my right to tell my story not someone's right to hear it so I'm gonna give you a shortened version
0: absolutely absolutely and and there's no you don't have to get into everything. There's no, you know, it's it's absolutely whatever
1: you want to say. I appreciate that. Um so conversion therapy is the dangerous and discredited idea that you can change someone's sexual orientation or gender identity. It's known by a lot of different names. Conversion therapy, reparative therapy, being ex-gay, praying the gay away. A lot of experiences are done by mental health professionals. So Um, This is doctors and and psychologists telling a person that they need to change in order to be straight or cisgender. Of course, Mm -hmm. many of it is done by religious advisors who tell them that this is, you know, antithetical to their uh, religious faith. For me, it was, I was a young kid who didn't realize that when I told my parents that I liked the boy next door, I was coming out. I had no concept Mm -hmm. of what the words coming out were. I was simply just a young person trying to um, share my passion and I was physically abused. I was taken to a a doctor who told me horrific lies about my identity Mm. and tried to make me feel like I was alone and dejected and unable to be loved. Thankfully, I would make it through conversion therapy after some horrific physical um, abuse to... Mm now get to work to end conversion therapy and to those of you who may be just realizing oh my goodness I didn't realize this was still happening you should know that there are more than 700,000 Americans who say that they've gone through conversion therapy by estimate some low estimates in fact according to our work at the Trevor Project our national survey in 2021 found that 13 percent of LGBTQ youth said that they had experienced conversion therapy so
0: wow that sounds a lot higher than I would think
1: It's really high. Um, We have a big problem because I think this is, uh, to get back to a lot of the things we're gonna talk about today, right, in terms of like representation, this is the idea of choice that a lot of parents still think like, oh, my my kid can just no longer be LGBTQ and I'm gonna make them not be LGBTQ anymore um, via conversion therapy. We know it doesn't work. Every major medical organization says it doesn't work but yet it's still happening um, as you just said really way too high of rates there's never a there's never a and it's federally legal it's so it's legal um, in, uh, in all states um, except for now roughly about 20 to 25 where minors can no longer receive it from a licensed mental health professional but in general yes if you are if you are over 18 you can always receive conversion therapy so if you're in college you can receive conversion therapy if you are under 18, in more than half the country, you are still absolutely legally able to be put into conversion therapy by a licensed wow. mental health professional. Yep.
0: I think a lot of people are under the this impression of like, I see the gays on my TV a lot. They're annoying. I'm sure they have rights now. You have gay marriage. Congrats. Like, there's a lot of people on the outside looking in who seem to be like, you got married in 2015. Like, be quiet and wave your little flags and go away is the general vibe. And people get very annoyed when people bring up queer issues or take it less seriously, I feel like, or something that isn't urgent or isn't crucial. What has been your experience? You know, now you're you're taking the negative um, trauma that, that you went through with conversion therapy and you are turning it into to change and you're working to make sure that it doesn't happen to, to as many queer kids as you can save from it as possible. Um, and you do policy work. What does your policy work look like? And, and what have your, been your experiences advocating for legal changes? Have you felt any of that condescension from politicians or others who feel like it's not that urgent or it's not a big deal? Like, What has that been like?
1: That's a really interesting um, question. So I hear from politicians each and every day um, who first question if it's happening and then second question if it's really that bad. And I try to remind them that, uh, and I know we're going to get into this later on, right? Like the world isn't an episode of glee, right? The quarterback doesn't just sing to you after you come out, you are experiencing a variety of different experiences depending on where you are, depending on your family, depending on your school, depending on your church, right? Many individuals are receiving love and support like they deserve, but many are not. Um, And those who've gone through conversion therapy are more than twice as likely to attempt suicide as those who have not, who... LGBTQ youth, as you probably already know, are more than four times as likely to attempt suicide compared to straight young people. So you have now eight to 10 times as likely to attempt suicide than a straight young person um, just because of who you are and how you love.
0: That is very alarming. And that's what we mean by when we say save lives when talking about LGBTQ issues, like LGBTQ policies save lives or the, the conversation representation save lives when you're in that fragile of a space where your community or your parents or people around you are trying to say that who you are is wrong or disgusting or sinful turning on the tv and seeing like queer people thriving and doing well and being the heroes or the like yeah being the heroes or the romantic interest or whatever that can give people hope to cling on to. And it's not like, oh, I saw something gay on TV. So now you're officially like, it's all better. And, and you're, they're not going to, to hurt themselves or anything like that. It's not that black and white of a guarantee, but it helps. Um, and, and I guess my question is, are there any studies that the Trevor project or people have done regarding representation and research and how representation in the media, like, um, statistically helps?
1: It's really important. So, at the Trevor Project, we do have this large national survey of LGBTQ mental health, um, the largest in the country. And in that survey, over 80% of the LGBTQ who we, who we surveyed said that celebrities who are LGBTQ positively impact how they feel about being LGBTQ. Now, that's that's one type of representation. Let's be very clear. Um, uh, the opposite can be true as well. When politicians speak negatively about LGBTQ youth, there is a large percentage, way over 80 to and 90% of LGBTQ youth who said that the po- national politics recently affected their sense of being and mental health as well. So, so yes, our, our national survey has definitely found that representation matters, but it's also really important to recognize that representation ha- is a you know, two-sided coin it is not always going to be um the the perfection that we're hoping it will be
0: right and i think that that it's important to also understand that negative tv shows characters and things that they portray it's not that you can't have an antagonist who's queer like i think camp queer villains are amazing that's my favorite thing ever but um it's more of like when it's consistently both in fiction and in actual politics um a repeated message of queerness being bad, villainized, uh, the person who always gets punished or dies quickest in the movie. Like if that's, if if the, there is, there's this trope called kill your gays where queer women especially die and die violently. And so we're shown these images over and over again in movies and TV and on the news when bad things happen. Um, that's got to have an effect on you.
1: It does. And I think um, I can, I can speak from personal experience that until I started seeing the, the flamboyant, right? Until I started seeing um, the, the nerdy, right? Until I started seeing people who looked and acted like me, I didn't want to connect to those types of characters, right? Like if, if kill your gaze is, is a concept that is, is almost now a norm, you almost don't want to associate with that norm, and therefore you kind of reject the identity. Like, well, I'm not like that. Um, uh, just that way you don't have to build a mindset of the world literally doesn't want me to exist. Until I started seeing, um, you know, individuals who would not only be out, but also out and successful, out and living, right. um, then, then I could start to say, oh, that is something that I can identify with. But I think it's really, it's really clear to people that um, a trope, and a stereotype is helpful. Like, let's be honest. That's what it's there for. It is helping our brain really quickly um, notice, study, and react to an individual. It's not bad to be a stereotype. I fulfill a lot of the stereotypes, <laughs> right? Like, uh, I love me my Broadway, right? Like, um, I have 52 pair of stilettos, right? Like, I, I fulfill a lot of different of these spaces. And at the same time, I should not ever be judged by just one of them, right? I should be able to be a complex character who, yes, if I am you know, on a TV show and I don't happen to make it, like, don't make it be anything to do with my identity. Um, like, have it, have it be part of my, my storyline that lets me be complex. Um, the same can be said, I think, for a lot of LGBTQ youth who are um, only seeing media that their parents or others allow them to access. We've got to start remembering that, like, the ability to actually see these characters um, is by its very nature already limited. So if you're getting limited information and you can basically only see something uh, if your parents are going to allow it, your parents may not allow through some of the more complex characters, in large part because those may be more complex storylines that they don't feel that you're, quote-unquote, ready for.
0: It's not appropriate for the children. The gay agenda is going to turn all my children into queers. And all hell will break loose. Like that sort of mindset. It's is, conversion is therapy prevalent amongst It's the idea
1: of choice that just it by seeing or being in this space, you will choose to be this
0: the same the same parents who think that a Disney princess being gay is going to turn your kid gay are probably the same people who would think that conversion therapy is real and effective and something that's necessary for their children. And so, The underlying issue, Well, yes, we need to make these policy changes and we need to have more positive representation that's more accessible and harder for parents to censor. Like if it's on, like the Owl House uh, is a show on the Disney Channel. Most people have the Disney Channel and that has a bisexual lead and a lesbian love interest and they end up together. Sorry, spoiler alert, but if you want to go check that out, like more things like that is important and policy changes are important, but beyond that, there needs to be a change in the, the myth of choice. How do we start to change, the general cultural myth all around the the country and world? This is a big question. I'm not saying solve it, but I'm more posing the question. Sure, sure, sure. How do we change that? Because all of these paranoias all link to this one: a that being gay is bad, and or being gay, queer, trans, anything in the LGBTQ spectrum is. Bad and needs to be changed. That's myth one. And myth two is that it can be changed. So how do we tackle that?
1: <laughs> yeah, small question. Solve it all. Uh, no, but you know yeah, what? I mean. yeah. Okay. So tackling choice politics is one of my greatest passions, and mm. I go about it um, with first off the uh, representation of self. So I'm a scientist, and if I could always just prove to people that this wasn't a choice, the world would be a much easier place. But you can't. To be very clear, science, science says that this could be both nature and nurture a variety of things that, let's be honest, are way too complex for uh, us to have in this, in this afternoon conversation. What we recognize, however, is that we have personal identities. And when we explain those to others, we're able to help others a little bit understand what makes us feel safer in this world. This is the power, for example, of pronouns. So. I'm not trying to get off of this, this space, but we have now, as you know, moved away from the idea of preferred pronouns to just, these are my pronouns. These are an, exactly. Id- an identity that we help others understand. And I'm proud to say that from sitting Republican presidents to uh, you know uh, senators from Texas, I'm able to have a variety of individuals respect my pronouns as I am because I have given them the time and grace and the education to recognize that this is how I interact with the world and how I want you to treat me with respect. That moves us into a space where people can maybe say, like, I know that um, LGBTQ youth who have their pronouns respected are half as likely to attempt suicide as those who do not, right? So by using someone's pronouns, I can be saving their life. That also gets you to a second piece of that puzzle, which is this isn't a person's choice. They're not choosing to, uh, to you know, want this difficult life because of trying to explain their pronouns to you. They're choosing to be honest with you. They're choosing to, to share this piece of their lives with you. Now, to be very clear, Trevor Project is explicit about this. You should not come out if you do not feel safe. You should not ever feel pressured to share this honest information with anyone that you don't feel like it. But, to bring us back into our politics side, the reason that I believe in this personal representation, in this, in this identity um, as explanation, in this identity as education, is from one of the great um, LGBT politicians of our time, Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk originally oh, yes, said, yes. come out, right? And he was using it as an yes. example, not because he thought that it would always be safe for people. So to be very clear, you should not always do what Harvey Milk says. But... In the case where you can feel safe, you are allowing people to recognize that this is not a choice; that this is something that their neighbors, their teachers, their pastors, their uh, you know their grocery store workers—it's the and people their... that
0: they love. It's not those gays on the TV turning all the kids gay. Exactly. It's my child, my my cousin. It my is sibling, much my... harder
1: to keep a family member, a a you know a friend out of the house than it is to keep Glee or Owl House off of the TV. It is so much more difficult to erase us when we are in person, um, and that is why representation has to be complex. It has to be both the people you see on TV, but also the people down the street. That is a a variety of forms of representation that honestly, in the end, that is how politics is made. If I, as a person who is just in front of them on a day-to-day basis, can say, this is my experience, and you trust me. You know that I am sharing good information with you. That is representation. Representation is not just a TV screen, it's information, it's education um, of our lived experiences.
0: You know, I get emotional when I see queer women, especially, well queer anyone thriving, especially like above a certain age. I have a lot of like classmates that are queer. Like I'm never shocked when I see a queer teenager. Like that's half of New York, you know? So I'm not like, oh my God, another queer teen. But I am when I see adults because of I, I realized I never see older queer people hardly out. And I saw this lesbian couple with their children and they were both Latina and speaking Spanish. And I wanted to, like, cry because I'm a very proud Colombian and I have very – I have, like, some traditional dreams of, like, wanting to get married in a gay way, of course, and – you know, have that, like, family. And I thought that that, I never saw, like, especially two Latino women. And it wasn't on my TV screen. It was just a family in New York that is a possibility for my future. Like, oh, I can make it as an adult. I'm not just, like, a strange, nerdy, queer teen that will remain this way forever, I guess. Like, there is hope. Like, I can have a family if I want to in the future. And I can also embrace my culture. And it's not anti colombian or anti Latinx to be myself and this family was a lesbian mothers raising their children in the culture speaking Spanish like it was so beautiful for me to see and that was really powerful that was representation
1: exactly that was that was absolutely representation And I'm so seeing your joy as you were even talking about that um yeah uh, is palpable right like it it's so clear to me that I get to go to universities around the country. Well, I did before COVID. Um, I got to go to universities <laughs> around. The,
0: are you virtually going to universities? I am not really you? getting
1: to as much oh. anymore. But um, getting to have conversations with students and letting them know that, like, you can use they and them pronouns and walk the halls of Congress, right? You can um, use MX as my, as, instead of Mr. or Mrs., and get married, right? Like, th- these are these are spaces that I get to kind of, enter and the officialness of it the officialness exactly there's
0: something tangible about the the legal official acknowledgement of us
1: you know amen we're not going anywhere representation is we're not going anywhere um historical consistency representation is is both on a screen in art form right it is internalized as we see it on the street but it is also held in history as we get to actually live our lives and that the next generation live a little bit easier life because of that representation. So representation is so complex in those spaces because it is not just our our future, right, of like internalization. It's also our past. We, we are represented by stories that our ancestors, our queer ancestors told us. Um, and they tell us through art forms, right? Uh, this is a, a very an important way to get it across. Um, but it's also, you know, by word of mouth, I, I get to sing. So I'm a, I'm a singer, along with being a nuclear engineer. Oh, I'm, nice. an, I'm, a trained, I'm a trained opera singer. So I get to sing in the Kennedy Center. Oh,
0: amazing. Love
1: it and...
0: Opera singer? I love that. I
1: love that for you. (laughs) You're like a
0: scientist in opera. You're so talented, and you do policy. For any queer kids thinking, like, oh, I can't be successful in the world with using they-them pronouns, (laughs) or I can't be successful in the world as a queer person, um, Sam is an opera singer, and... A scientist? Like, what, what exact science? It was a very nuclear. smart science. Nuclear
1: scientist, yes. Nuclear
0: scientist. <laughs> yes, it sound. yeah, it was, sorry, my film school brain can only retain a certain level you, of scientific no, information.
1: No, stop, you can retain uh, way more. Uh, <laughs> I, can, no, I, I other know, other I ones. know, I'm <laughs> kidding, I'm
0: kidding. But, um, nuclear scientist, and has great lighting setup for Zoom. You guys can't see it, but, like, fashion matches the background. Like, you can have it all together as a queer adult in life and be hired by an incredible organization like the Trevor project and do policy
1: honored honored to live a you life. You are the
0: representation honored
1: to live a life. I, I, it's interesting that you say this because I, I look to others to represent, right? I don't, I don't, I don't want to necessarily always be um, the representation because I know that I'm not, I'm living a life of, of, of privilege, right? Although I am a, uh, um, mixed race. I am, uh, come from an indigenous background. I am very clear that I am white presenting and it has been an easier life. I am also recognized that I was raised in, uh, as, as a boy. I don't identify that any longer. I definitely identify as a non-binary and more femme on the non-binary side. Obviously, uh, I was uh, definitely raised as raised straight um, uh, because of conversion therapy, but as openly bisexual, I'm getting erased by both sides, both um, uh, both LGBTQ right. people and um, a straight individual. So it's a fascinating world of representation, but I appreciate the very kind compliments. It's very, very kind of you.
0: Yeah. So are there any like celebrities, artists or media, you know, we talked about in-person things that, that have influenced you, but are there any like TV shows or recommendations that you have for people who were growing up or just anything, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's like a moment in gay media history that helped you and gave you hope or got you through some of the, the times when, you know, you were not as um, thriving as you are now? Well, I don't want to assume thrivingness, I it. No, but it, no. it seems thriving on
1: the outside. I'll take it. Like, be the thrive you wish to be. Um, be the uh, thrive you wish to be. I It's probably not popular, and so I'll be very clear. Um, I recognize that it comes with historical context. Um, the shows that really, like, helped me come out and and see myself were Queer as Folk and Will and Grace. Um, these are... They haven't always aged well, they haven't always aged perfectly, but I was the kid in Kansas who thought I was completely alone, and two of my, what I like to call my lesbian moms, um, sat on either side of me with popcorn, and we watched television where I could see people who were flamboyant, and I was a lot of energy. I had just founded the first LGBT Resource Center in the state of Kansas, I was so excited, um, that there were other people like me, and I was seeing mm. myself on television um, with so re- literally physically surrounded by these amazing, you know, lesbian um, women who were saying, you know what, we can't give you everything we do- there's not a lot of representation around you here in Kansas. But here is something right here is something that will show you a way to live your life. Those have been really, those have been really, really impactful. Of course, there is nothing like, um, uh, I'm a nerd, right? So, so Star Trek, the uh, recent Star Trek work that has actually had openly gay and non-binary characters, world-changing. Um, because right, to yes, see yourself as a scientist, yes. to see the nerd get to kiss his husband, to see the nerd mm. um, save, the, save the ship, and then also use they, them pronouns, like, um, that's, right? like that's the dream, I would say... Of course, Pose. I um, am so proud that Trevor Project honored um, the cast of Pose for their representation at our, um, you know, um, well, now not recent, but uh, one of our events a few years ago, and to in the
0: before times, in the before
1: times, exactly, and to sit at a table with them, and you know, as a non-binary person, I, I don't get to see a lot of of people who look like me on television or in books or, you know, these, these, this is not a common space for me. Um, uh, and to talk to, you know, these trans women of color who also just understand a little bit about what that erasure feels like to 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 say, right. like, it's kind of weird to be on a stage, right? Like, I I'm so honored by the things you've been saying about me, but, like, it is kind of weird to to be the representation because you are so commonly not seeing it and not feeling it that when it does happen, you're like, is this real? Like, this doesn't feel quite real. And to, to have that moment with them as celebrities was like, a, oh, wow. Okay, so I'm not the only one feeling this. I'm not the only one feeling like I'm an imposter for being representation. Um, yeah, I think those are all really amazing artists. Obviously, Demi Lovato, Sam Smith... The more artists that start to use they, them as pronouns every single time, I am, like, very ready for uh, uh, Sam Smith and myself to, like, perform together as a singer. Like, mm. I'm very ready for the, the they, yes. them, Sam's to, like, take over the, the world. The they, them,
0: Sam's? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sam Smith, if by any chance you're listening to Lavender you I, <laughs> for some reason, for a, a, I highly doubt that you are. But if anyone listening is, like, Oh my God, I'm Sam Smith's like bestie. What a coincidence. And shows this to Sam Smith. There is another they them Sam. Sam Brinton would like to collaborate with you and is an opera singer and nuclear scientist and does amazing work with the Trevor Project to save lives of LGBTQ kids and ban conversion therapy. Uh, Sam Smith's friend listening maybe i love this look
1: at the we just changed the world i love the little bit of change that we just made um manifesting we're gonna do it putting the vibes
0: it. into the the world <laughs> and the universe um lastly i guess so talking about representation so a lot of people just for those who don't know a lot about the trevor project the trevor project grew out of a 1998 oscar-winning short film called trevor on hbo um and the writers and producers secured funding to create the first ever nationwide 24-hour crisis suicide slash prevention hotline for LGBTQ and questioning youth, which launched the same night as a movie premiered. And since then, the Trevor Project has launched even more services to help queer youth. So for those listening who are like, what is this Trevor Project you speak of? That is what it is, and that is how it got started, and it's a perfect example of art and activism coming together to create massive impact in both the film world and the art world and um, in the world of actual people's lives who are calling a literal hotline. And, and it, it's a crisis center and, and so many lives were and continue to be saved by those resources.
1: So many, We're this year we're on track to serve almost a quarter million LGBTQ youth who will reach out to us in crisis. And to think that 20 years ago, um, Ellen DeGeneres has just come out, right? She gets, uh, th- talk about representation and like how it was affecting someone's life, right? This was a, a big, big deal. She comes on, she, she speaks about the importance of the type of film, a short film about a boy named Trevor who loves them from Diana Ross, who doesn't? I mean, honestly, right? Um, but is feeling a little bit lost and dejected and left out is instead now given support. And I love, I love that something like a short film about a boy who loves Diana Ross and needs to find their way in the world starts something that saves so many, so many young people each and every um, year by just being there to listen, right? I think that, the, that was the really exciting part for me for Trevor Project is I get to join it after having called. Now, I didn't call 20 years ago, Right. But about about ten, right? A little bit, a little bit more. Um, I was the kid in Kansas, calling the Trevor Project, feeling lost mm. and alone, and now I get to be that's on the other side of that circle phone, moment. right? What that's an amazing such a, like, circle! Wow. It's circle, a circle yeah. of life, right? Um, yes,
0: those opera vocals.
1: <laughs> but it is. That is the story of Trevor, of of, of being there and listening right? These were, these were creators, artists who said our product, our creation here could have really long lasting impact and maybe more impact than any of us will ever know. So let's put a few phones together and let's be clear, those phones have not stopped ringing. Ever since we started, we have always, always had someone there to listen and someone there to talk to.
0: So as we, as we wrap the, this conversation up, um, do you have a message to queer kids out there struggling?
1: I think it's important to, to tell, you know, past me and future me, even the, the many young people who are out there um, just trying to get through a really hard night, that it's, it's all about recognizing solidarity. It's, it's going to feel like you're alone. Um, and representation doesn't always have the, the, the young person in the wheat fields of Kansas, right? It's, it's important to recognize that what we see on television or what we read in books or what we see on the news is not the whole story because we get to write our own story. We are our own identity, our own um, love interests, our own adventures. That is something that I think is really important for us to remember um, on the hard days. that that um, the the superheroes that we watch on television have moments where they don't know if they can make it, right? Captain America or um, Captain Marvel look up with Thank a little you for bit of dejection. Captain
0: Marvel, the lesbians appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Um, I
1: got you. I got you. Yes, yes. So there's gonna be the days that it really is hard. It's really hard to be you. But as they say in High School Musical. We're all in this <laughs> together. Yes, I had to bring it in. Um, I'm gonna Yes, hear you oh your my event. gosh. That is that is how I think we need to make sure that, that we're doing it. It's about solidarity. We're all in this together.
0: Amazing. And that it's
1: going to be moments of loneliness, but that in the end, we find our families not as we are given them, but as we find them.
0: Mm, that is a perfect message to end on. Sam, is there any way that people can stay in touch with you and the Trevor Project before we go? Any Links you want to plug before we say goodbye.
1: Sure thing. You can always find help at thetrevorproject.org backslash help. And of course, if you ever need to reach us, we are only a call, a text, or a chat away. You can find all of those information all that information at thetrevorproject.org backslash help. Social media-wise, we can always bring you a smile with at Trevor Project. And again, I'm Sam Brinton. I use they and them as my pronouns. I serve as the Vice President of Advocacy and Government Affairs at the Trevor Project. And just know that I'm there fighting for you.
0: Thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on the pod. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Follow the Trevor Project. Follow Sam. And stay tuned for future work uh, from the Trevor Project coming soon. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lavender U. Our show is produced by Goal 17 Foundation, and our theme song is Love Line by the one and only Zolita. We release new episodes every other Thursday, so make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And follow us on social media, too. We are at Pod—that's that's Y-O-U, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're a queer person out there who's just feeling alone or sad or anxious or like no one in the world understands what it's like, know that you are not alone. Lavender You is a community of people who love and accept you. And our DMs on social media are always open if you need to talk. Send us a message anytime. We are here for you. See you next episode. And until then, long live the gays.